This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ Tuesday the 31st of August and another great day on the show. This time we went a little bit different, we went a little bit rogue, went to the Belgian GP. Speaking of rogue, hardly call that a Formula One race. Luke Smith was our correspondent up there. He took over from Kane Williamson, our previous Formula One correspondent. He writes for the Autosport for Autosport and also New York Times. And he talked us, to us about the debacle that was the Belgian GP yesterday. We went off to Bruce Sherrick after that, a player agent, but also the new COO of NZTR. And he is a man with a big job in front of him and a great sense of humour. So it was good to catch up with him. Chris Lindrum is his old mate, the, the head of the professional rugby at NZR and the new Pacifica tournament, which is up and running shortly. And then we went to one of the greats of the game, one of the great All Blacks, one of the great All Black captains, Kieran Reid, and we chatted to him. It's been a good day, is, and then you went on a little Bruce Lee rampage. <laughs> Mate, and then I went on Bruce Lee. I thought you were talking the movie, one of the all-time greats. He is an absolute <laughs> champion, so I got, I got all Bruce Lee on it. But really, you were talking about Bruce Lee's knees, which I had no <laughs> idea you were talking about that. So apologies, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Be spoiled this Father's Day with Versace Po Home. 100 mil, just 59.90 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Morena, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are for Kiwis and we are by Kiwis. And well, my good mate, he's leaving in a couple of days. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity Daggy just to take the reins a wee bit, get the introductions out of the way. Just baby steps, Bears. Just baby steps today. So, <laughs> no, thanks for tuning in. It's just after six in the morning, and man, have we got a jam packed show for you, chatting all things sport. First up, we got Luke Smith. He's out of the Formula One, and well, what transpired overnight with just two laps being raced before weather played its part, and well, Lewis Hamilton. Why wasn't he? Quite angry after that, with giving Max Verstappen a little bit of a legway to get into second place on the championship race. 
Also have Bruce Sharrick, who is our good friend of the show, Tony Kemp's mate. And well, if he has anything like Kempy, this could bring fireworks. Chatting around vaccinations and our athletes and the basic answer as well. No vaccination equals no travel. Also have Chris Lendrum from the New Zealand Rugby talking the exciting inclusion of Fiji Drua and Moana Pacifica who have been added to the Super Rugby competition for 2022. Loving to, I want to learn the finer details. Uh, we have, we know all know COVID has, has its own agenda, the contingency plans in place and what kind of details have gone in behind the scenes to get this big competition underway. And then, well, Bears, we go bang! New appointment of Artie Sevilla and All Blacks captain, so why not get someone that's captain the squad, the All Blacks, quite a few times, and Kieran Reid, mate. So looking forward to chatting to him about what kind of leadership uh, role that Artie's going to play, what kind of traits he'll bring to that environment, and basically what this All Black side is going to need to do over the next couple of weeks. But before we talk to them, we want to bring my good mate, Brendan McCullum, and mate, good morning, Bazaar. Oh, good morning, Israel Dag. I see we're on the formal name front on a Tuesday. Good morning, my brother. You've done a fabulous job as well. First one up off the bat. Excellent work, mate. Hey, lead in strong there. No, I'm pretty excited about today's show, mate. So, yeah, no, it's um, it's going to be cool. I'm fascinated to talk to to Rito a little bit later on because I've got so many questions in and around the leadership structure of that All Blacks, and, and particularly with the void um, of some of those leaders, um, obviously not being on that on that trip, how that's going to affect the environment and who we can expect to step up to uh, not just accompany Artie Savia, but also uh, who's going to drive that environment forward. So looking forward to that. The Formula One's an interesting one, mate, for me, because I don't know a lot about mm. Formula One. Um, so yep. it'll be a bit more educational, I guess, for me than it will... Um, I guess digging too deep in, into things, but I guess that's a sport which, on the back of Netflix and on the back of Drive to Survive, mm. has the popularity in that sport has really increased. Would you say? Oh, hundred percent, mate. My family we love that that series. Me and the wife watched that three uh three part series. Even um, a good friend Mandu who doesn't watch sport at all. I think that Vincent. Look, De Klerk came on the news uh, the other day chatting about the Belgian Grand Prix and then Mandy walks past and goes, oh, I know him. And I was like, well, do you know him? Netflix, <laughs> you know? So that Netflix <laughs> series was an awesome wee insight to what goes on behind the scenes, uh, the money, the money that's been poured into that sport. You know, these these owners are worth billions and billions of dollars. Uh, you know, the arrogance that goes behind the scenes, the... The, the technology that they have to keep, uh, you know, creating to, to pushing the um, limits, you know, push, pushing formal one um, limits to the boundaries. Um, so look, I'm looking forward to, to chatting to uh, Luke Smith out of Formula One because, like you, mate, I absolutely know nothing about it, and it'd be just great to get a little basic understanding of what goes on. So yep, no, you're right. I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, and also Bruce Sharrick. I'm pretty excited to speak to Bruce Sharrick because. The Sharrick's a good crack, okay? You've obviously got Alan Sharrick as mm. horse trainer down there in the Hawke's Bay and just dominates, especially around the Hawke's Bay carnival time. And then you've got Bruce Sharrick, brother of, and who also happens to be the chief operating officer at NZTR. So not only is he a very respected player agent of both rugby and rugby league players, but he's also wears another hat, which is the boss of, or 
Chief Operating Officer of, of NZTR. So it'll be fascinating to chat to him in and around that vaccinations, as you mentioned, is because that's mm. a really fascinating space that for tournaments to be able to protect the their schedule, let's say, um, they, they really mm. need players to have vaccinations. And, if they, and some players, as we... We heard on the show a few weeks ago um, when we were talking about the New Zealand Rugby League side um, that, that some of them weren't prepared to, to take vaccinations. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see what Bruce Sharrick's opinion is on it and 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 not just opinion, but but strong stance I think we might find if I know a Sharrick. Don't imagine that he's, he's backward and coming forward with his opinions. So um, that will be fascinating. Also, I want to speak to him about the jockey scandal over in Australia because... <laughs> Where hopefully, hopefully, majority of our country is getting out of level four today, tonight, and we can see racing return back to New Zealand with a packed, packed card over the next sort of a week to 10 days. But the issues with the jockeys over in Australia and how they broke COVID rules just to try and ensure that um, we've got the right systems in place from from that point of view to, to be able to sustain um, our racing structure as we as we come off our lockdown. So that'll be a fascinating conversation. Then over to you, mate, with Chris Chris Lindrum as well, who you have a pretty good relationship with. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, Chris was a big part, and he was the player contracts guy when I was back in play, when I was playing, and his uh, he looked after me you know, throughout my career, and um, especially when I retired, that's when I really got to to love um, Chris Lindrum. He was he's loyal, you know, and and throughout my whole career I, I never really left New Zealand I stuck around I I, I guts it out and and um so when it came to the time when you get that scary prospect of having to retire he was awesome for me in, in that aspect he uh he, he made the transition a lot easier so it'd be great to chat to him about um that's that's uh, you know with so many competitions all this money being thrown around around the world his kind of way of looking at it and, and his uh, you know strategies in place to to kind of keep these players in New Zealand because at the end of the day money talks and these guys are getting millions thrown at them daily. So just want to talk to him about the strategies in place for him to be able to keep these players and also with the exciting inclusion of Fiji Drua and Moana Pacifica into the Super Rugby competition for 2022. Look, it sounds all all good and gravy. Like we will we want it, but look, mate, COVID has its own idea. COVID you know speaks for itself. I want to understand a bit, a bit of the contingency plan. I hear Moana Pacifica are going to be based in Auckland, um, which is awesome. Most of your home games are going to be here. I want to chat to them about that, and I want to chat to them about the potential strength of these sides because reality is we want them to compete. We want them to be strong, and uh, we don't want them to come over here and get, get absolutely annihilated. So, you know, is, are they going to come oh. here and compete? Is there any help in place for them if they are struggling player-wise? Um, just things like that, mate. Looking forward to chatting to Chris about that. I want to talk, I want to, talk to him about how long the competition's going to be around for because it seems to be we change mm. the competition every sort of year or two. So <laughs> is this something where you're going to invest in for the long term or is this just going to be a fly-by-night type of competition again? Because at some stage, I think all of the, the powers that be need to really commit to what they're going to do and try and build something which is long-lasting and builds a legacy of a competition rather than constantly chopping and changing it. Hopefully this is the one which which serves us I right. Guess, um, and, I and guess we the can new normal, Bears. Yeah, I guess, it's a, I guess it's the new normal at the moment. With, with COVID in Australia, our, our closest partners in the Pacific Islands, this is probably the only viable 
uh, competition that we can run at the moment with um, COVID, you know, doing its thing. Look, um, until New Zealand, you know, becomes fully vaccinated or we, we have the ability to open up our borders to the to the rest of the world, there's, there's not really many other options. And, um, look, I'd love to see it global. And South Africa have already left. They've gone to the UK, which is a huge loss for us. Um, love playing South Africa. Love travelling there during my time in Super Rugby. So that's a big, big loss. But like you said, we need to we need to figure something out, keep it there, and and keep making an exciting uh, format because we're losing fans from it. It's pretty um, pretty boring at the moment. It gives a call as well on the Kenai Tire phone line 0800 or send us text on double eight double three. Let us know your thoughts in and around the new rugby championship, the Super Rugby Pacific Competition. Is that the, the official yep. title for it? Super Rugby Pacific Competition. Let us know what your thoughts are. And, and also, what teams are you looking forward to seeing? Are you looking forward to watching Moana? Pacifica and Fiji and Drua, is that how you say it, bro? Drua? Yeah, Fiji Drua. Imagine that. Like the Fiji, we love watching Fiji play. Like they, like that's a, that's what I'm excited about. We're going to unearth some some talent that hasn't had opportunities to be exposed on the big stage, and that's that's what really excites me about this competition. These these Pacific Island players that bring so much to 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 the game of rugby. They are a big influence on the big stage. The biggest stars are from the Pacific Islands, so now they've got their own platform to be able to elevate to the next level, and that's what excites me about this this competition, Bez. Beautiful. We will talk to Chris Lindrum a little bit later on, and Kieran Reid, no doubt about that. Also, the former All Black skipper on the show again. Is he dag contact book strong? Uh, what about Antipodes yesterday? Our tip for oh. those that followed. Oh, it was sickening, wasn't it? Wasn't it just <laughs> sickening? $13 for the win and $3.60 for the place, and it gets run down, and it, it goes down under a length to the winner, under half a head to second, third. Oh, Luckily for Paulie Mawati in the TAB, the, the bonus bet option was back to fourth, so you will get your bonus bet back there. But, gee, I was bullish. Oh, anyway, I've got one for you later on, so you're going to have to listen to that. A little bit later on, and that's going to be out of Marua. I think it's how you say it, Maruya, Maruya. Out of anyway, it's in, in Australia. I've got one, and it's a former Kiwi horse, so I'll give you that later on in the show. Um, we're going to get off to a break shortly to start us off, but I want to talk to you about my white bait first of all. Is oh, and, yes. and the and the recipe. I love the photos, but, mate. Not. Oh, thank you. Recipe that the beaver gave us yesterday. He was very kind giving out his time to us yesterday morning, the beef. He was busy too with the kids in the background. But he gave out a great recipe. It was just egg whites and a little mm. bit of lemon rind and keep it real simple and get pan hot, turn it once. And I was like, okay, well, I tried that. But then I actually added, if I'm going to be totally honest, I had six egg whites. I added one yolk to the six yeah. egg whites just to give it just a little bit. And my missus said no on the lemon rind. She, she doesn't like lemon rind, Ooh. so I had to get rid of that. But I okay. used fresh lemon. But otherwise, I followed uh, his uh, plans, and they were divine, my friend. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, Washed it down with a little I Sauvignon thought, Blanc around 12.30 oh, this afternoon. Calm down. I Zero saw, judgment I saw you from had anyone. Chibata. Did you have Chiabata? Did you have Chiabata and... Oh, that was just... It? Well, see, I like to be able to ensure that we're across various 
um, <laughs> populace of, of New Zealand. And, and, you know, I wanted to make sure the Aucklanders felt included. So I included some Jabata in there, you know. Yeah. Didn't want them to feel left out during their trying time. Up in lockdown, I wanted to make them feel like they were a part of the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Couldn't just... Be honest, be honest. You know? How was the sauce? How what? was the tea sauce? The tea How sauce? The Look, tea I don't sauce. mind the tea sauce, but mm-hmm. oh, I'm a bit more of a... I think for me, it's just a little squeeze of lemon, a little crack of salt, Ooh. wash it down with a save blanc. Ice cold. Ooh, it was <laughs> glorious. It was very hard to turn the oh. tap off around one o'clock yesterday. I had jobs to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, look forward to... Look forward to <laughs> looking forward to a big show with you, my friend, and looking forward to spending the whole week with you. I've got to shoot off next week, which is going to be disappointing, but we've got some rupee to earn, pay for all those horses. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. <laughs> big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 22 minutes past six, and it's a brutally wet morning here in Auckland. Thanks for the chair barter, Baz. That's just very thoughtful of you. I'm sure I'll speak on behalf of the whole... Uh, Auckland region, we say it's very, very kind. Somebody's just text on double eight double three tomato sauce with no real context, but that's all right. Uh, I don't. I, thanks, Craig, on double eight double three. I suppose technically you go in to win the temper bed for text of the month. Is that is there is he any reason with tomato sauce? Did Bryson was he sponsored by tomato sauce yesterday, Bryson DeChambeau uh, or something? Or <laughs> he, he potentially was, mate. He potentially was actually because he had. He he had the the yips with the putter. He had four opportunities to win that um, win that uh, competition, the BMW Championship. He had an opportunity to stand over a putt. I think it was on the second playoff. He is, I think he was about four feet, four feet from the hole, a little left to right, only moving probably half an inch, tiny little wee putt, and he lipped it. He lipped out. So Bryson DeChambeau yesterday it was an unbelievable competition. And just went down to the wire. Both players, Patrick Cantlay, Bryson DeChambeau, 27 under, going to a playoff hole, playing the 18th, 18th, 17th, 18th. Four holes, they couldn't separate them, so they went another two holes. You played the 17th, which is the par three, and then you go back and play the par four, which is um, the 18th. And, yeah, Patrick Cantlay just dug deep, dug deep. Only things like Pat- Bryson's driver and his wedges were unbelievable. He was on the money every time, but Bryson... Just couldn't putt. He had the yips. Like I said, he had four opportunities to putt to win that um, to win that competition, and just couldn't get it done. And Patrick Handley just dug deep, dug deep, and then got to the sixth hole. Uh, Bryson, he hit a wedge. No, what? Yeah, so he had a wedge. He had probably about a ten footer to to for birdie, and Patrick Handley had about a ten footer for for birdie as well. Patrick Handley just dug that his putter was on fire. His wedge game wasn't that great, but his putting saved him that day. So, oh, mate, one point seven one million dollars Patrick Handley pocketed, so not bad. Not, not money's not a problem for these guys, but I want to ask you, Baz. Well, these guys are standing over four footers to go to a next playoff hole. They're standing over, and I've been. I play golf, and we play for twenty bucks, mate. And you know, you're standing over these, standing over these putts. You're standing there, ready to putt the ball, and then you know, you, you're just getting a little bit nervous, a little bit nervous. Like, imagine the nerves. Do you reckon these guys get nervous? Because from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like they're nervous at all. Because one point seven one million Patrick Cantlay was putting for, and he's standing over this putt, and then he's going to a competition. He's he's leading the FedEx standings, FedEx champion. He starts on ten under. And I think uh, Bryson DeChambeau starts on 700. It's a weird format, whatever. But they're playing for 15 million in this next competition, mate. Unbelievable amounts of money. Crazy.
It's like winning lotto playing golf. Man, I wish I did that sport. What do you reckon, mate? You, you had the nerves of standing over a putt? <laughs> Sorry, I just I just keep looking at you on the screen. You're up and you're down. You're up and you're down. Yesterday you're up and down because you had a crook guts. Today you're up and you're down because you're like up, you're putting, you're, you're getting yourself in the moment. Like you just, you're, you're pushing yourself into that moment you're talking about. That's fabulous. It's, I love your colour. Um, the nerves over a putt, I guess until you've been in that situation, right? You, you don't know. You really don't know. Mm. I mean, I guess these guys, it's, it's everything they've trained for, you know, it's, I don't, oh, well, here's yeah. a here's the best example. How nervous did you get playing rugby? I, I didn't feel like I had an edge to me playing cricket. Um, yeah, but I didn't feel nervous because I knew I'd done the work and I knew I mm. prepared well. Um, I had confidence in my skills. I knew that not every day was going to be a great day, um, but so therefore it took away a lot of those nerves and anxieties. I knew that I'd done the work, so now it was up to. It was in yeah. the hands of the gods, so to speak. So I sort of was, was able to find a bit of a a, um, a calmness to allow myself to just enjoy the moment. So I'm sure you were the same in rugby. Did you get nervous playing rugby at all or not? Uh, like, look, yeah. Uh, I, I got, nerves are good. Nerves, I still got nervous, but you're right. You know, like you did the work. This is something you've trained for. You've trained for every different situation, every type of scenario. And you're right, these players have have practiced, I've made thousands of putts from four, four, foot, four foot out, you know, like this is their bread and butter. Um, like, but you still you still get nervous, And um, but you're right, we train for that, mate, and we, we train to be in those situations. We train to play in front of 80,000 people, and, and like you said, this is something that we grew up doing. We know, but like that's the thing, we know we're good at it. We know we can we can actually do these skills. We can nail these skills under pressure. The only reason I get nervous is in, in putting is sometimes, well, 90% of the time, I don't really know where the ball's going. So, you know, this could go absolutely anywhere. So it's just that unknown, you know. I haven't really practised too much. This could go anywhere. So that's why you probably get a bit nervous. And it's a great example for young people out there that are that are nervous and things. If you put in the work and you cover every different situation, every scenario, if you put in the work, you're going to make mistakes. But as long as you've, you've given everything and an opportunity, you've, you've put in the mahi to, to maybe potentially nail those processes, they're making mistakes, not not too bad. So, so you keep saying this could go anywhere. Have you have you watched this could go any, anywhere yet? It's a wonderful golf show. You should watch it. <laughs> no, I find it quite entertaining. There's there's a guy called Phil Tufnell, Phil the Cat Tufnell, who of course is a good <laughs> fan of our good friend of this show. <laughs> and there's some other oh. little short fella from South and Eden who sort of is on the show too. It's a wonderful show. We go around all the glorious <laughs> golf courses throughout New Zealand and wineries and just enjoy ourselves. Anyway. That is a fascinating insight into your golf game, and I cannot wait to take you on on the links of Tara E.T. or the greens of, of Clearwater or out, Kinlock or Wairaki or Cape Kidnappers, mm. Jack's Point, the Hills. What other courses could we play? But to know that Looking you get play. a little bit twitchy over a, over a four-footer is a fascinating insight. And, yeah, but and the rest is the rest is easy. The rest is easy. I'm 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 bombing it to, to twenty meters off the green. I'm chipping up to give myself a par a birdie putt. You know, it's just those little ones that you probably should make. You know, just putting. Well, well, that's interesting. Putting's though. an art. Yeah, but putting's an art. Yeah, but so there's no gimmies then. So this is this is interesting. I get yeah. I get grumpy when I play golf, right? Because my my worst game, my worst part of my game is off the tee. But then I get grumpy that when you get onto the 
onto the green, and people are given like four footers, like, yeah, that's good, because they don't want to putt them. It's like, whoa, 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 nah. whoa. That's where I make my money on the golf course, you know, and those hey. little four footers, being able to put them, put them in the hole, and these people just pick it up. Oh, that's good. That's a par. No, it's not, mate. That's already That already backfired, probably for yourself too. When you go to the New Zealand Golf Open, mate, and you're playing the Pro-Am, no gimmies here, mate. Put everything. Put everything. I, I, I was given everything before I went there. And then I had a little, my uh, partner, he, he had sprayed it out of bounds, so I was keeping our team score and, uh, you know, in for a chance here. And I missed this, this birdie putt, which was a, a shot hole too, so it would have been net eagle. Missed this birdie putt like this far, this far, and I was like spewing, spewing. I went up and I just That's whacked it in the hole. That's about two feet for all those that can't see the screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah about two, three feet, three feet. You know, I whacked it in the hole just to finish the hole, and then I walk off. I was angry, and he goes, mate, lucky you got that in. We actually needed that in for, for our team score. And I was like, oh, so I nearly ruined our team score. But anyway, that's a terrible story. Move on. Well, New Zealand Open, though. Hey, Hardy, Baz and Izzy for breakfast here, mate. <laughs> Feel free to give us a call. Give us that invite through to the New Zealand Open. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. At 6.30 in the morning. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. That means we're off to see Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thank you for wherever you are around out there all this morning joining the guys. It's a fantastic but wet morning up here in Auckland, 0800 150 is the Kennard's higher phone line. Give us a call. Are you? Do you get the yip standing over putts? Do you get nervous playing golf? We're not pro athletes, the rest of us. So I've, mentally, I buy the yips on the tee. I just get yips playing golf in general. Give us a call on the Kennard's higher phone line if you can relate. Just time for a quick loveracing.nz update. And today at about 4 p.m., there or thereabouts, we'll get markets through from the TAB for racing tomorrow because, yep, it looks like we are going to level three outside of the Auckland and Northland areas tomorrow. So Matta Matta and Ashburton have stacked cards on. Busy, busy time for thoroughbred racing in New Zealand. So we've got Ashburton and Matta Matta tomorrow, then Cambridge on Thursday, Harwater on Friday, Wanganui and Tarapa for the Guineas and the Foxbridge Plate on Saturday. So usually you get those markets just after 4 o'clock for the next day. Speaking of a market, well, we've got a bit of an update on Aegon. Fair to say he was a bit stiff in the weekend. A change of plan for Aegon, who's going to stick around in Melbourne for the Maccabi Diva on Saturday week. So the Maccabi Diva stakes, it's a group one. It's it's um, The Mimsy fourth was enough for connections to say he's going to stay there. So Jai McNeil's missed out. Luke Curry gets the ride. Then he comes home to prepare for his Golden Eagle campaign up in Sydney. And looking at the futures markets, well, he's an $8 chance for the Maccabi Diva st- stakes. I think last night, if you were quick on it, you could have got closer to that $10, $12 mark. But $8 shows that punters and bookies were pretty impressed by his fresh up run, Baz. Yeah, and so they should have been. It was, well, he was given no chance, to be honest, and <laughs> changed a jockey. But, gee, there's, with, with everything that's going on in the jockey world, there's, there's some opportunities there to ride some gun horses, isn't there? And Aegon is certainly one of those. It's interesting. Louis, and, and is that that they would have changed the plan because surely they expected Aegon to run well anyway. 
So what was the plan previously? Do you know, Louis? Like now they're going on to the Maccabi Diva, but what was the plan previous? I'm not too sure. Maybe they just wanted to bring him home straight away because last campaign, you know, the, the spacing of the runs was something that came under scrutiny a little bit and he never backed up two weeks and it didn't quite go to plan up in Sydney. So I, maybe they feel like he's bigger and stronger now and he's come through well enough. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I guess one of the other options is that he's actually gone better than they anticipated because the Maccabi Diva um, stakes field is going to be hot. Incentivise inspirational guild to Fane, 50 stars, Colette Moanga, perhaps. Um, although Moanga might go to the George Main stakes as well. So there's some serious horses there. So maybe he has gone better than they thought. And and even though he didn't win, they've said, you know what, we've got a proper racehorse on our hands here. And forget how daunting that field can be. We believe we can win. And if that's the case, then good luck to the connections because it'd be pretty awesome to see Aegon deliver on that kind of stage, and oh, it's just filthy. Fourteen to one. I got. I got. Didn't get paid the other day after a wall of horses. Jeez, punting can take you on a journey, can't it? Anyway, it is six thirty-six in the morning. We have got coming up next one of the favourite times of the morning. It's time for Quizzy Dag take on the Is Master, and you could win a fifty-dollar bonus bet with TAB. Call now: oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> 811, you know, you know, 0800-150-811 for Quizzy Dag. I've got a, yeah, I've got, I've got a not bad one this morning. It's not super hard, but it's not super easy as well. You know the rules. Five questions, $50 bonus bet voucher from the TAB. So we've got Craig. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Quizmaster and Baz. Yes, Craigie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that little introduction. Quizmaster, I quite like that's got a good ring to it. Here we go, Craig. Question number one, mate. Where are the twenty twenty eight Olympics Games being held? Five, four, three, two, one. Sydney. Bad. Sorry, mate. I've got to keep it nice and quick here. Sorry about that. Good luck, Craig. Joe. Good morning, Joe. Uh, good morning, Vince. Good morning, Joe. Morning, brother. Where are the 2028 Olympic Games being held? Five, four. Uh, LA. Yes. Well done. All right, mate. Question number two. Who was the coach of the All Blacks when they won the World Cup in 1987? Five, four. Ryan Lahore. Ooh, yes. Well done. Okay. Question number three. What sport do the Black Sox play? Black Sox. Uh, softball. Oh, yep. Well done. Question number four. Wash, what national nationality is Novak Djokovic? Five, four, three. Yes, well done. Sorry, I scrambled my way through nationality. Here oh, we go. Heater. Joe's what on was the, the name? Yeah, Joe's on the heater. Number five, mate. Take it home. This is, this is easy. 
What was the name of Sir Mark Todd's horse that won both his Olympic golds? One, two, yep. What a minute. What a Joe, 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 beautiful, too good this morning. How are you, Joe? You ringing every morning, mate. You all good? Yeah, I, I like to open the batting. <laughs> yes, yes, yes mate. Good, yes. Don't want to give yeah. anyone else well, a chance. Well, that's, that's, getting paid. Yeah, that's that's the thought. You know, everyone out there thinks it's you know they're going to ring in about three or four questions in, but they miss out, mate, Joe. So. Awesome work, mate. Are you going to spend that wisely? What, are you got, any, got anything you're going to tip this weekend? Uh, no, I, I want to put it on that horse. Uh, Baz, Baz, I'll give you one later on. Yep. Yeah, I'll give you one later on, actually. Yeah, but I, I won't give it to you now, because otherwise you, you, know, you won't keep listening. So <laughs> I'll give it to you later <laughs> on. But thanks, Joe. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, bonus bet from the TAB. Thank you, mate. How's about this? Is so there's fifty dollar bonus bet. Joe's just won from the TAB. How's about this punter the other day? A ten dollar bonus bet, and mm-hmm. it, he had a fixed odd place bet on Royal Zell dollar twenty, place bet on Coastwatch dollar thirty, win bet on Turidan two twenty. This is a big multi. Okay, it's a ten leg multi. Place bet on he's a bolter three fifty. Place bet on good and proper two fifty. Place bet on Bruckner, your man Bruckner, two seventy. Yes. Place bet on Oxy Road two ten. Win bet on Probabil dollar eighty. Place bet on Tufani dollar fifty. And then to bring it home in the last at Caulfield, a win bet on Ayrton at two dollars. His ten dollar bonus bet. Return nine thousand one hundred and eighty-four dollars and fifty-eight cents. How's about <laughs> that for running a train on Pumati and the TAB? How come Thank I can't do that? See, I'm too erratic with my selections. Man, that's a great punt when you think about it. Man, if he took that enough for the win. Great punt. Oh. Well, yeah, but this is the thing. Like, you can't. You... <laughs> Bruckner was paying two seventy a place, you know. Like, yeah, it's just, he won at eighty. Beautiful money. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful money. But well done to that punter. Well done, and that is yeah, what you can do. Awesome. Well, maybe not that. Don't don't set your heights sights that high. But that's what you can do with the with the bonus bets that you get off Quizzy Dag, is you can turn it into some serious cash. We've got a text here as well, is from Zimo. Morning, guys. There is a forgotten horse to watch in Aussie. It was in the same race as Aegon, which was the Mempsey the other day. If you can find it, she raced back. Keep an eye on Inspirational Girl. Her run over the final stages was massive off a bit of an ordinary ride. She'll be very good over a touch more ground. Zimo. Couldn't agree more. That was that- a huge run. And I think Inspirational Girl is going on to the same Maccabi uh, Davis that written as by- Aegon's going to. Was that written by Jai's brother? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, if inspirational Sorry. girl was a was an average ride, then what do you call Aegon? Anyway, I'm not I'm not talking uh, talking through a hole in my pocket much, am I? Eh? Rocky, fourteen dollars. Thanks for coming. Give it absolutely no chance, right? What do you got coming up soon? We got Luke Smith. Coming up very soon, Formula One reporter is going to chat to us about the Belgian GP. Well, do you call it a Belgian GP? I don't know. Two laps and behind a safety car. Let's find out. We'll get the oil very soon. But for now, it's 6.48 in the morning.
on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Up to the news with Trudy on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's wet in Auckland this morning, Izzy, but probably not as wet as it was in Belgium yesterday. Mate, she was pouring down in Belgium yesterday, and well, we're off to a sport we had absolutely no idea about, and I can't wait to get a bit more of an insight on, on Formula One, mate. I loved it. I loved Formula One, Netflix. If you haven't watched it, Drive to Survive. It's an absolute must-watch, and uh, that's a great insight to what goes on behind the scenes. So what what do we do? We get the experts on. We get a guy, Luke Smith. He's a reporter for Autosport in to tell us all things Formula One. Good morning, Lukey. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you, guys. How are you this morning? Very, very good, mate. So uh, tell us, what, what's going on? What's going on with uh, in, in Belgium? They only last two laps. Is, uh, Lewis Hamilton wasn't really happy, was he? No, he wasn't, no. As you said, it was a very, very wet race. Uh, probably the wettest race I can remember uh, for Formula One. And uh, unfortunately, these cars aren't very good in the wet. So obviously, we need things mm. to be very, very safe for the drivers. Don't want them having big crashes or anything. Um, and uh, we kept delaying the race and delaying the race in the hope we would get some kind of race going. Um, but yeah, in the end, all they could manage was uh, two laps behind the safety car. So going very, very slowly on track. And uh, then that was it. So we didn't really get any kind of race. We saw not a single overtake. It took about sort of four hours for us to even get that. And uh, yeah, a very, very strange day for F1 as a whole. Was, was, was the big part to this decision, was that because of the... Um... Obviously, a couple of years ago, that, that Herbert, he was the racer that passed away over in, at the same racetrack. Was that a big influence to why this got called off and they couldn't race in those conditions? I think that would have been part of it, yeah. And I think we've seen mm-hmm. other F1 races in the past in those very, very wet conditions. It is hard to keep the cars on track. So uh, if it gets mm-hmm. too wet, they will uh, stop the race, which is obviously the best thing to do for a safety reason. Uh, so, yeah, so I think if you get the combination of probably one of F1's most dangerous tracks, plus heavy rain, it's a, it's not a good mix. So, uh, yeah, as disappointing as it was, they had to put safety first and uh, make sure mm. we didn't uh, do anything uh, too too risky out there. It seems kind of bizarre that points could be awarded after two laps and behind a safety car in such a, a prestigious type of um, event. Is there just absolute outrage at that? Obviously, Lewis Hamilton's disappointed, <laughs> but is, is, that, is that disappointment founded? <laughs> Yeah, big time. Yeah, I think that pretty much every single driver is is unhappy about it. Um, Fernando Alonso, he's a two-time world champion. He called it shocking. Uh, Lando Norris, he called it a joke. All of the drivers, apart from Max Verstappen, who was the race winner, and uh, George Russell, who uh, got second place for Williams, which is an absolutely huge result for that team. (laughs) They would never normally do that. They're like the only guys who sort of haven't really said anything bad about it. But yeah, everyone else has said that it's it's a joke that you do two laps and that's enough uh, to score half points. Um, I think if they'd have done a half race distance, so like 20, 20, 20 laps, for example, um, that would have been worth the same amount. They would have got half points for doing that as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's not a great look for F1. It's something they are going to look at and hopefully fix for the future. But uh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton was definitely not alone in uh, being pretty unhappy about that. Uh, I heard Lewis Hamilton mention money, and he said it's all about the money. It's all about the money. Is it all about the money in this instance? Uh, it's it's really hard to say. F1 themselves have denied that a lot. They said that they were doing all that they could to try and get the race going because they they wanted to uh, they, they wanted to give the fans something to watch. And 
to their credit, when they did do those two laps, there was a little bit of a break in the weather. It wasn't going to last long, but it was kind of now or never for them to even do that. Um, but yeah, the fact that they've literally barely hit the minimum requirement for a race. And now there's questions about can these fans actually ask for a refund? Because technically they have actually seen a race. It just lasted two laps. So uh, yeah, hopefully F1 does sort them out and get some refunds sorted because uh, it's obviously not what any of them paid to go and watch. So uh, yeah, F1 themselves are very much saying it wasn't commercially driven. But yeah, I think Lewis Hamilton, he was, uh, I think, understandably upset by uh, what had happened out there. Hey, mate, as, uh, obviously we, we, we hear of Lewis Hamilton, we hear of Max Verstappen, they are the, the big names of the sport, but this year have you been surprised by any other drivers that, are, that have really you know, brought a bit of an edge this year and surprised you? Uh, yeah, I think Lando Norris. I think he's been a, a big one, the British driver who's racing for McLaren. Uh, he was obviously big in the uh, Netflix series you mentioned uh, earlier. He, he was really involved in that last year and I think will be again this year. He's been really punching above his weight. He's consistently in the top five, uh, getting on the podium a few times as well. He's been great. Uh, George Russell as well, who I mentioned, uh, he's driving for a team that is basically the slowest team. And yet he qualified second in really wet conditions on Saturday. Um, he did really, really well. He's looking good for a move up to Mercedes next season. So I'd see him in a, in a top performing car would be great. Um, but yeah, may, maybe a little uh, biased because I, I'm British, but the two Brits have been doing pretty well this season, I've got to say. Just just on the back of that, mate, the, um, that Drive to Survive Netflix series, have you found that um, that more eyeballs have have been on your sport because of it? Oh, massively, yeah. Like, it's been such a huge game-changer for F1 because it's taken it to fans from all over the world, people who just sort of skimming Netflix to try and find something to watch, and, and they find out about it and they watch it, and that then turns them into, into super fans. They go from just wanting to watch something on Netflix to going to races to watching every single Grand Prix on TV. And, uh, yeah, honestly, it's been the biggest, I think, changer for F1 in terms of getting new fans involved uh, certainly in the time I've been involved in the sport so yeah it's been nothing but good uh, more people are talking about it and watching it and uh, yeah we've got season four will be coming early 2022 as well so uh, another series to look forward to which would be great Brilliant well thank you very much Luke for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast neither of us are huge fans but we are probably in that in that uh the demographic which are developing fans after, say, the Netflix, and your education is fantastic for all of us as well. So thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, Luke. Thank you, guys. appreciate it. Good man. That is Luke Smith. So he's a writer for Autosport and also the New York Times and talking to us all things Formula One. Yeah, he's taken over our previous Formula One correspondent, <laughs> Kane Williamson, but he's fabulous job. Thank you very much, Luke Smith. It is coming up to 7 a.m. on Baz Nizzy. For breakfast, gee, we'd love them at cafe now. Hopefully, maybe tomorrow. That'd be nice. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Good morning, Aotearoa. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and it's just after 7 in the morning on a beautiful Tuesday, the 31st of August. Well, we've had an absolutely amazing first hour talking all sport, golf, horses, even got a little insight to Formula One, and Baz has promised he's going to watch that drive to survive on his way to the UAE. I don't want him to go, but he's got to go earn the rupee and pay off his horses. He's got plenty horses to feed, so that's understandable, mate. We'll be okay. We will miss you, but we will survive. We have got a great hour coming up, actually. We've got Bruce Sherrick 
He's uh, a player agent and uh, obviously a lot of chat coming out about vaccinations within our athletes. Uh, only way they're going to be able to travel is, is the basic, the new normal. They've got to get vaccinated because a lot of countries have stamped the mark. If you're not vaccinated, you can't travel. And also, he is quite skilled up in the racing industry and I'm sure Baz is going to have some great questions for Bruce Sherrick and he has a good friend of Tony Kemp so maybe he'll tell us a few stories about our good mate Kempy. Also got Chris Lendrum coming up, he's the NZR general manager uh, obviously great news coming out about the Moana Pacifica and Fiji Drua being involved included into the new Super Rugby Altea, uh, Super Rugby uh, Pacific competition which is awesome so yep we've got a great hour ahead of us maybe a bit of country clueless I don't know about that because I'm pretty country clued up at the moment Bears I've been right on at home the house is in great order the wife's happy the kids are fed things are good mate I'm, I'm, I'm excited good man gee you're doing a wonderful job too it's an outstanding job taking the lead Stepping up and skippering a little bit like the All Blacks, you know? Leadership, <laughs> just building a leadership team in and around the breakfast show. Fantastic work, mate. We're also looking forward to chatting with later on to Kieran Reid too, and I'm looking forward to chatting to him about the leadership structure of the All Blacks and Adi Savia in particular. Now there's a little bit of breaking news. Can we, are we a breaking mm. news type of we are. Break it. Yeah, Trudy's break giving it. us a thumbs up. You break it, bro. This is your wheelhouse. You break it. Where you go? Quick. Quick. Oh, breaking news. Sherrick, breaking so you break news it. on Breaking news on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Bruce Sherrick, he probably didn't get his hands on. I wonder if he was involved in this deal, actually. But anyway, Josh Uwani <laughs> has just signed for the Chiefs. He's going home. He's going north. He's going to Hamilton. I don't know what's better, Hamilton or Dunedin. But anyway, he's going to the Chiefs. He's going to the Chiefs. Chiefs, Mana, Josh news. Thank you, Is Well done. Right, it is time to get off to Bruce Sherrick as well. He's got a couple of hats. He wears a few hats, does old Bruce Sherrick. He's not only the Chief Operating Officer of NZTR, but he's also a player agent for rugby and rugby league players. And a hot topic right at the moment is vaccinations amongst our athletes. Keeping in mind that just a couple of weeks ago, the New Zealand Rugby League side and some of their players said that they weren't prepared to get vaccinations. Well, that makes an interesting landscape for all of our sporting teams as this COVID situation continues to play out. So we get an opportunity to welcome Bruce to the show this morning. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, guys. How you doing? We're good, mate. Now, Kempe's been on our show and he's given you guys a little bit of a touch-up, so I'm sure you've got an opportunity. It's now your right to be able to do so during the next sort of six or seven minutes with us. But anyway, mate, let's start with your player agent hat on, mate. How would you how would you go about explaining to an athlete that you manage right now about how important it is getting vaccinated and, and what it can do for their career based on the opportunities which may or may not present themselves around these these COVID situations? Hey, look, even before we go there, they're breaking news, is it? You should have given us a call a few days ago, mate. That's old. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh. <laughs> Was that you, mate? You take your little 10 percent, did you? Ah, oh, little 10 percent in the skyrocket, eh? Who's getting 10 these days? Oh, mate. Come on. <laughs> hey, uh, back to vaccines. Yeah, look, it's a topic that's going to rear its head, I think, more and more as, as time evolves. Um, something we've just done last week actually in the racing industry was just to encourage 
um, people within that code to get out there and get vaccinated is, I think all the evidence is suggesting it's probably the only foolproof way to uh, protect an industry, a sport and the community, really. Um, but everybody's going to have a view and I think that's got to be respected. But if we're looking at you know, footballers in particular, the one thing that's possibly a little bit unique to them is the fact uh, most, uh, and just about all, are on fixed-term contracts. So when you're negotiating a contract, clearly there's a set of terms and conditions. Now, they can't mandate currently to uh, to get the guys to um, have a vaccination. However, um, they can politely move on should there seem to be an unwillingness to get a vaccine. And, and the reason I say that is for a lot of our athletes, particularly the top end these days, travel is an integral part, especially for Kiwis who are travelling around the globe. So if you look at it from a logical point of view, and let's say you're in a super rugby comp or you're in an NRL comp, uh, and under normal circumstances, and I'm saying travel borders are open, and we let's say we migrate to a travel passport, the reality is if you can only play home games, you're only worth half value. So uh, mm-hmm. it may well be a polite um, thanks, but we're going to move on and look at someone else. Uh, so there would be that piece of advice that I would give to guys when, in fact, the question was raised. So that, that's the way I see it currently, um, and it's evolving all the time. We know at the US Open at the moment, crowds aren't allowed in without uh, vaccines, um, and I think it potentially is the way forward in a lot of sporting events. Mate, how's, how's it been received among players, uh, these kind of conversations? Like, it, uh, it's a pretty touchy subject, if we're honest, about out in the, in the general uh, public, uh, in the public, especially after yesterday with the news of uh, actually someone passing away from the vaccine. It's, it's, it's a touchy subject. How have those conversations been? Um, well, to be honest, they haven't been that, that prevalent currently. Uh, you know the boys too, Izzy. They're pretty, most of them yep. are pretty chilled and they go with the flow. <clears throat> a lot of the, the all-black lads have talked about getting the vaccine because of the travel that they're about to incur. So there was no yep. pushback that I'm aware of. I think everyone's views are respected. But there hasn't been, I guess, a uh, sit down and say, hey, look, we've got to seriously consider who's in and who's out. Um, mm. And, yeah, uh, look, it will come. And, and you know, I, I've got to be honest with you, mate, the, high, the headline of yesterday to me was irresponsible. We're at a stage in this pandemic yeah. where um, fear of vaccines is prevalent in, in a certain group. And a headline grabbing thing like that doesn't help believe it, eh? because I think if, you, believe well, it. if you drill down, if you drill down, there's a whole lot more to that. Um, mm. So, you know, I think it's pretty irresponsible at this point in time. And if I was the Don't PM, get bears started. So yeah, it's an interesting one, um, and and it, and it will evolve in time. But I think it's something that you know, if we're giving advice, we need to be on the on the front foot. So I think the unintended consequences of a decline may be more than they expected in the future. Yeah, may I guess with your um, to to flow on from that with your NZTR hat on. Um, Love Racing's come out with uh, a video uh, yesterday, I think it was, or the last couple of days, um, just explaining why it's so important to get vaccinated and and trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. So have you you had a part to play in that? And and do you you feel as if the racing industry Uh, is able to get it? I officially started yesterday, Bear. So that that was the last week I was sort of dancing in the shadows. And I said, what about this as an idea? 
and kicked it off for them, actually. So that was something that uh, I brought to life last oh, week nice. and it got uh, issued yesterday. So, again, it's just, in my view, it's simply a responsible thing to do. Um, and, again, respecting everybody's views. But, uh, you know, as the racing industry is no different to any other um, sports around the country, the best thing we can do at this point is uh, aim to protect it because who knows what protocols we're going to have to instigate going forward. And it may well be that uh, if you can um, show that you've got a high vaccination rate, that you'll be able to perform the sport ahead of others. I'm not saying we've had any indication of that, but that may well be a way forward into the future. Who knows? Oh, what a beautiful segue for my next question. Thanks. This is Bruce Sharrick. <laughs> Bruce Sharrick, not only a gun player agent who's, who's not quite getting 10% on his deals, but he's also the chief operating officer <laughs> of NZTR just taken over. Mate, the racing industry, so we're going to be back up and running all going well tomorrow, right? But yeah, how do we, I mean, we, we can't be stopping and starting this racing industry based on whether we're going to level four or not. How do we mitigate the risks of, of of that stopping and starting to be able to ensure that we can continue to race even through these trying times of level four lockdowns? Yeah. Look, it's a question, Baz, you know, and, and, and I'm like you. Look, I'm invested in the industry on a personal level, um, and I, I guess I, I walk that delicate line of understanding the political divide as well. We, we, we are under the order of our, of our government, and to date uh, their position is pretty conservative. We lobby consistently um, to push to see what we can do. Um, and to date, they've not... Uh, the IA and, the, well, you've got to understand that the Minister for Racing is Grant Robertson, so we've got a pretty good connection to the very top. Is he um, listening? He listens, but I, uh, I'd like to suggest that there's a lot of requests coming to him from the butcher, the greengrocer, the electrician, the builder, yeah. <laughs> the banker, the manufacturer. So he's getting plenty of requests. So we've got, to, we've got to work out where we sit in this equation too. And I, look, I know as an industry we are huge and people don't really understand how big the racing industry is. You know, $1.6 billion to GDP employs collectively around 50,000 people in the country. So it's a big industry and we don't often mention that. Um, mm. but we do have to step in line with what the government is ordering at this stage. But I can assure you it's not through the want of trying and it's not through the want of um, you know, lobbying, and, but being respectful to the minister and the, and the government of the day. We, we have to do that also. Mm. The other one just on that, Bez, and I think there's a bit of miscommunication or misunderstanding. The, you know, we look across the ditch and they race every week um, and we can't understand why we can't. I think we saw overnight uh, 1,200 cases in New South Wales. Their lockdown's not a lockdown. And I think if we're comparing it, we're comparing apples with pears. So uh, that's that's a little unfair because they are different environments. I know Victoria is harsh, more harsh, but still not to the level that we are here in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, we, we, need to, we need to get creative, um, but equally we need a government that's prepared to work with us. Okay, well, I'm going to throw this at you, and you'll, you'll be well aware of this, but it's for those out there. So in New Zealand, we have so we contribute $1.63 billion to the race, uh, the racing industry does to the GDP. There's 14,000 um, full-time equivalent jobs. That's $743 million in full-time equivalent wages. Across the Tas- Tasman is sizable numbers, much more sizable than $9.5 billion, 74,000 um, full-time equivalent jobs. They were able to put together a committee which 
group, which con- which consisted of Malcolm McCormick, Deputy Prime Minister, the Foreign Affairs Minister, Maurice Payne, Chairman of Racing Australia, Greg Nichols, CEO of Racing New South Wales, Peter Volandes, and Government Relations Man at the TAB, at the TAB Court, Tom Kalachor. Now, they put together this committee and they said it was critical that we were able to show we had the right plan and to take it seriously. And they lobbied government with government help inside of it to ensure that the racing industry, because of the size of it, was able to continue regardless of how big a lockdown there was. And they did it through being able to separate their jockeys and their trainers out into small groups. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, Bruce. I understand. I'm just for those out there who don't quite understand. And... And now that's been put at risk by the jockeys who have done what they've done over in, in Australia. But is there some way that we can transfer that there, that same um, structure, and be able to plant it in the New Zealand COVID situation, considering that our population is a lot more manageable that, than that of, of Australia? Mm-hmm. Look, a, a really good question. I think the key thing there, Bez, is you, the people you've mentioned uh, a number of those are government officials. The view of racing in that part of the world is slightly different to what it is here in New Zealand. Now, we as an industry need to improve that relationship to the point that we are given the kudos for the co- uh, contribution we do make without overstepping the mark. Um, so, look, oh, this this is a personal view in a sense that as uh, we evolve through the pandemic here in New Zealand, that the government is going to be looking at ways to minimise the impact economically to our country. If we can get innovative and creative and get support from within the government, and that's the critical one, rather than it's it's not right now, no, we don't really want to hear it, it's OK, let's, let's sit down and see if we can present something, then I think we will make headway. But it's, uh, it's like eating an elephant, mate. It's one piece at a time, and uh, we've, <laughs> we've, we've got to have a crack. I'm certainly not going to sit idle, um, but we've got to be respectful of the government of the day because, uh, yeah, they are running our country. But I, I hear you loud and clear. Good man. Right, let's talk Kempy then. We've got to get to a break soon, but we want to hear about Kempy. Jeez, he, he's a character, isn't he? Tony Kemp, what a legend. Oh, mate, you, you know he's got Alzheimer's, eh? <laughs> what do you mean? Forget forget all the oh, games boys, to be played like. Didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he, look, he's got, he's he's ailed with a lot of things. Alzheimer's. He's dyslexic. He's got a lot of issues. So, whatever he said on your show, you can't take him seriously. He's not a credible witness. No matter where you stood him up. So, whatever he said, mate, I'd just leave it out. <laughs> oh, okay. So what about you? Got any tips? I, I am, does he give any tips? Yeah, he gave us one of your horses. What was that horse? I can't remember the name now, but one of your horses. He gave us a tip and it won in Rickerton. Mate, he would be the worst tipster you would ever get hold of. <laughs> we call him the mucker too. Anything he gives you, you get off it. And I could, I could sit here in chapter and verse and give you hours of tips around the country, around the globe, actually, that we've jumped on. As soon as he jumps off, we pull the bets off. <laughs> so I wouldn't oh, go there. Brilliant. Oh. Bruce, mate, we're going to let you go. And, we really, and, really and appreciate for, for, for Just before I go, just for clarity, Just Ask yeah. Me was named after him, not me. And I know that he's had a crack at that. <laughs> so that horse was fondly named by my partner, ironically, when we said, we need a name for this horse, because Alan said, we've got this horse racing. We said, which one? He said, oh, this, this thing in the paddock. We said, okay, well, let's name it after Kempe. 
and Ange said, well, let's just call it Just Ask Me because there's not a topic you can raise that he doesn't know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was oh, named after you. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a great parting shot. Did, but as I said, oh, he's brilliant. got dyslexia. He's got, he's got all sorts of <laughs> ailments, mate. So yeah, I wouldn't tell you he's not credible. <laughs> oh, legend. Oh. Thank you very much for joining us, Bruce, and good luck, mate. We appreciate you being Thank in the you. chair and thanks for all of your insights. And you got a big job in front of you, but Bruce. he's the right man for the job. So thanks for your time, mate. 10%, eh? Thanks, guys. Wow. Any time, mate. <laughs> Good man, Bruce Sharrick, who is, who he's he's not only a, a gun player agent for rugby and rugby league players and, and the like, but he's also the chief operating officer of NZTR. And he is the right man for the job. So looking forward to his impact on the racing industry and See where that one goes. It's 7.20 in the morning. We're running a little bit behind time, but don't worry. When you get someone good on like that, you want to hear from them. So we're going to shoot off to a break now. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 25 minutes past seven. Double eight, double three is the text line. Keep your texts coming in if you want to be our texter of the month. You've got one more week for this, and you could be sleeping in a $10,000 temper bed. What do you think about what Bruce Sharrick had to say on the vaccinations? Is it the new reality? Or from an industry racing industry perspective, does what he say about uh, the lobbying of the government make sense to you, or do you still want more work done? Love to hear from you on double eight, double three. Baz, what did you think about what Bruce had to offer there? Oh, mate, he's absolutely fantastic, Bruce, and it's great to have him in in the position of Chief Operating Officer at the NZTR. And Look, it's a, it's a subject I feel passionate about, I really do. I, I, so many of the people that I um, mix and mingle with living here in the Waikato and, and being involved in the racing industry, it, it's their life. Their, their, their families depend on it. Their generations will start to follow depend on, on this industry, and at the moment it, it is ground to a halt. I get I get the point that Bruce was making around um, needing support from the government whilst also working with them. They can't be seen to be pushing too hard. I understand that, okay? But there also needs to be an element of accountability there as well. And Look, on, on our show, we're, we're partners with you know, the TAB and, and NZTR and that as well, but it also doesn't, doesn't mean we can't challenge, and that's the beauty of, of being in a country such as New Zealand is we've got so many familiarities around our environments that you go that you need to be having robust conversations otherwise we're just all yes men and we don't get anywhere so look i think if i look again look across the tasman and i take bruce's point that the lockdowns are different but our population is more manageable we should be able to operate even in a level four lockdown to be able to race and there's a couple of things that that the deputy prime minister over in australia made made mention of when he critically injected himself into the situation for um, racing in Australia. He said if there was one sporting endeavour that could manage the outbreak, it was racing. He said racing was worth billions to the regional economies and employed tens of thousands of people, from stable hands to float drivers to barrier tenants, etc., etc., etc. And the impact of that was far-reaching. Now, that is the same here in New Zealand. We have to be able to find a way to protect them. The other aspect is the emotional attachment to the sport too. And they said that it was, after all, a racehorse that lifted the spirits of a nation when, the last, when they last faced uncertainty of such a scale. And that, of course, is back in, in the Great Depression days. And they also mentioned about the impact of the next generation. The TV viewership was being beamed into households all around the world who were in lockdown. And, then it, and it spiked remarkably, and it captured the imagination of young people. So the sport was safeguarding itself 
from the challenges which the younger generation will face as well by by having a product on TV during these difficult times. So look, mate, it's something that I'm fiercely um, staunch and, and stoic on, and and I think there's more can be done. I get the sensitivity around it, but we have the right people. We have the ability to be able to ensure that we run a tight enough ship that even if we go into level four lockdowns we can still keep the wheels of the industry turning because keeping in mind if you have two months out of the game or you have two weeks out of the game it has six months or six weeks impact and that can be catastrophic for a horse racing uh, a horse's um, career and opportunities and then that shapes the breed and the families of those of those um, horses which are to come in time as well. So there we go. That's my thoughts on it. Bruce Sharrick is the right man for the job, though, and we really appreciate him coming on the show this morning. Sorry, is I've just continued to waft on, but we're coming up to the news Man, again. I love it. So, love it. So, I, do, yeah. I like what I got I know from that, like Baz. I know we've got, we got the news in the minute, and I love your passion about it. But what I got from that is, mate, um, Grant Robinson, he's just got too much on his plate. Why don't we get an independent uh, person in the government that's running this racing industry. That's where I see this because he's like he said, he's got butchers, he's got super, everything. Everyone's coming at him, and he can't he can't make everyone happy. Yeah. So look, it's a tough position. Yeah, and I do believe he is a safe pair of hands. I I think Grant Robinson is is a very good man and a very astute man. He's just got a lot on his plate at the moment, and if we could mm. find someone to help him, that would be fantastic. Seven thirty in the morning yep. here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Outstanding. Thanks, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line. You've heard Baz have his thoughts there about what racing needs to do and the innovation they need to show and leadership that needs to be shown to keep the wheels turning. What do you think? We'd love to hear from you. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line. Just a bit of live sport to update, boys. Hey, it's the, the US Open. Yeah, tennis. That's happening right now. And I tell you what's also happening. We've got vintage Andy Murray. This man has suffered so many injuries throughout his career and he's kind of given it in and he's picked it back up. I remember was it the Australian Open, they kind of retired him and gave him this montage and he was like, well, I'm... I haven't actually seen him retiring. He's still going. And do you know what he's just done? Well, he's just handed the third seed, Stefano Sitsipas, who can play. A bit of a drubbing in the first set. 6-2. So he's up one set to love in his first-round matchup against Sitsipas. And as far as first-round matchups go, that is a scintillating encounter. So the US Tennis Open is going on. Novak Djokovic plays later on today. I'll talk a bit about him at 8.30 because what he's trying to do in this tournament is just astounding as far as the records he's trying to break. And the news came through also. Josh Ioani, he's moving north. He's coming home, as Izzy said, to the Chiefs. <laughs> what does that do, Izzy? I want to ask you, man. What does that do for <laughs> the Chiefs' first five and the Chiefs' inside back stocks there? Are they looking lovely now? Uh, they are. They are. Obviously, um, Damon McKenzie has signed with Santori, so he goes to Japan next year. So they're losing uh, experience, first five experience outside back. So he'll come in and, and fill that role, playmaker role. Um, I know he's had his troubles down in, in the Highlanders region, and Mitch Hunt was down there. He was currently uh, cementing that first five role. It, I think that's the position that um, Joshua Wani wants to play. He wants to play in that first receiver role, wants to play first five. So, uh, and obviously with Damien going, they had to 
think elsewhere. So it's a great opportunity for him. I know he's from Auckland. He went to King's College. So he's heading home to, to be around family, which will be hopefully good for him. We've got to remember, he was an All Black two, two years ago. 2019, he played for the All Blacks against Tonga and Hamilton. Um, so he has got the talent. He has got the skill sets to go further. I think he just needs to sort out a few things off the park. On the field speaks for itself. Off the park. And I think going home closer to family, closer to his surroundings might be better for him and just give him a bit of opportunity to, to maybe sort that off field best. So he'll need a club in the Waikato then, money. <laughs> he is, mate. You got oh, one? I think I can help him out with that. <laughs> Joshua, come and, come and play for UMS, mate. We'll look after you down here in Matamata. I tell you what, well, I'll even pay your subs for you. There you go. I'll, I'll be your player sponsor for this for the rug for, for the rugby season. Jeepers, imagine that! How good would that be? Get him in the old UMS setup. We'll be unbeatable. I don't, I don't think he'd be playing playing often. But like when a, a guy like that goes back to club level, how 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 awesome is that? And how great is that for the younger players at club level? I mean, when I played club footy when I was coming back from injuries, I absolutely loved it, mate. Because there's a professional athlete, everything can be so serious. And you, and you kind of forget about why you played the game. Like when we spoke about yesterday in that meeting, you know, that young kid, that young cricket player that just loved playing cricket, that just played it for the love. I feel like when you go back to club level and you see what it's really about, that's what it's, that's what it's about for me. Just seeing these guys, they work all week. They work nine to five. They go do a training Tuesday, Thursday, and then they go out there Saturday, they play a game, and then they go in the club rooms. Like for me, it was unbelievable. So hopefully... Um, this year or, or next year, if Joshua goes there, and you you get him along the things he'll do for club footy and, and keep growing the game at, at the grassroots level. That's what for me is I'm very very passionate about bears. Yeah, I like it. Is I like it. Play for the little boy who fell in love with the game was that reference yes. we we're making just then as well. Uh, Joshua, UMS, my friend, come any time. Drop us a note. <laughs> we will tee you up. I'll sort your subs. 7.37am in the morning on Baz Nizzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is 18 minutes away from 8 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Morning to you wherever you're waking up around a pretty soaked um, Aotearoa this morning. 0800 is the Kennard's higher phone line. It's good to see some passion on the text machine there, but let's get a call. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you all through. Till, we're here till 9, so make sure you give us a call before the end of the show. Plenty of different topics to get through, including some tennis updates to come, but Super Rugby, Izzy, we've got a new form. We are back. We are back. Super Rugby Pacific competition, the introduction, the welcoming of Fiji, Drua, and Moana Pacifica. And it's my absolute pleasure. Exciting news coming out of New Zealand Rugby yesterday that Super Rugby has added two more teams to the competition. Fiji, Drua, and Moana Pacifica. And, well, it's my pleasure to welcome someone that flies well under the radar in the back rooms of NZR. But I know without him... And his work securing players, we wouldn't have the beast that is today. General manager, high performance manager, a man that wears many, many, many hats, Chris Lindrum. Good morning, mate. Good morning, uh, Izzy. That's an awesome welcome, mate. I need to um, need to bring you with me for some other events as well. Outstanding. <laughs> How are you? I'll never, never. I'm very good, mate. How are you? I'll never forget what you did when I retired, mate. You helped the transition. You made it a lot easier. So thank you so much. 
Uh, pleasure. Pleasure. Hey, mate. Um, great news. Great news yesterday with the additions of two Pacific Island teams, Fiji, Darua, and Moana Pacifica. Awesome, awesome news for, for NZR and the new competition. Yeah, really exciting uh, yesterday. A lot of work that's gone in behind the scenes, particularly from those two new clubs. Um, mm. And uh, you've played in this competition, so you know um, how much flair and difference and colour those teams are going to bring. Uh, it's, it's massively exciting to, I guess, finally deliver on the... Uh, it's been a little bit of a holy grail, hasn't it, trying to chase a Pacifica yeah. team or teams to come into this competition and looks like we're finally there. So, very proud day yesterday. Hey, mate, uh, we've been speaking about this for a few years now, the, the introduction to, for a Pacific Island team or teams into the Super Rugby and all of a sudden it's happened during COVID. Like, what's going on? It's funny that it's, it's come out during the COVID times and do we have a plan in place if, if COVID actually affects this competition again? Yeah, great question. Um, look, I think the thing with COVID, it's, it's made a whole lot of stuff in our world a lot harder to do, right? So planning for uh, tests and competitions and crowds or no crowds, all of that stuff's really difficult. But we've had a lot of practice also <laughs> over the last 18 months um, at working in it. And whilst it comes with challenges, it also has brought an opportunity. Uh, you know, South Africa yep. heading north for... Um, yeah. Uh, their domestic or club competition um, and so us working with Australia and doing something on a little bit more of a local regional basis um, really brought forward this opportunity to not just bring one team in but two um, we've had tremendous support from World Rugby uh, and, and governments on both sides of the Tasman so uh, it's funny, you know, like out of challenging times comes lots of opportunity. Um, you know that as a, from your sports mm. career that, that that can happen, and that's what we've done this time. And, and look, um, you're right, uh, we could still be in COVID uh, times, you know, during this competition next year. We've got a long time to run, six months before it kicks off, so plenty of time to, to kind of figure that out, and obviously we'll have contingency plans in place um, if, if we need them. Hey, Chris, um, there's been a fair bit of chat around the relationship between NZR and, and Rugby Australia over the last couple of weeks in particular. Is this a great sign that the two countries can work together for the for the betterment of the game? Yeah, I think it is. Um, we've had really good uh, dialogue with the Rugby Australia crew around this competition. Um, I think, you know, like it, it's a new competition. It's been done during covid um, it is a pretty pretty challenging time to establish a new competition. New format has <laughs> to be decided, new teams to be entered, you know, um, new coaches, new management. You know, so Rugby Australia and ourselves are going to run the competition largely um, rather than Sansa. So there's a whole lot of new stuff to get our heads around, and you, you kind of would expect and hope, really, um, that the debate and discussion and the ideas in that process would be really robust, and, and that's what it's been. So it's taken a bit of time to get it nailed, but I know that um, both Rugby Australia and ourselves at, at New Zealand Rugby are really proud of what we announced. I think the format's great. It's great for both countries that you know, we bring these two new teams in with a good mix of local v. local games 
um, that we know our fans love, um, but there's also the um, you know the history and the challenge of, of Trans Tasman um, games as well. So, look, both sides really happy where it landed, um, and just excited now to get to kick off. Mm. So will this be a competition we can hopefully build on over the next few years or is it very much a, just a, a competition to get rugby up and running while we're in these COVID times? No, we see this as the basis of, uh, I suppose, elite club rugby in our region um, for the future. So we, we don't have a, a, a next step plan. You know, we've just spent our, our time focusing on what was announced yesterday and that's the plan for now. But, you know... Looking down the line, um, I think it's absolutely possible this competition can expand when the time's right out into different parts of Asia, Pacific, maybe even North America. Um, uh, but look, that's, that's very much for the future. Um, Linda, I just want to ask Pacific Island players in our country, they are a big part to our success and in, in what we do today. Has there been a lot of interest from from current players within New Zealand, rugby interest in the Fiji Drua and the Moana Pacifica team, and do they have the support if they really want to go and represent these sides from the NZR? Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, as you can imagine, um, when you're a nation like New Zealand, and you're, you're right with heads, Pacifica players play for our all Blacks team, All Blacks sevens, our Black Ferns, you know, there's such a legacy there. And I think some people look at New Zealand bringing a Pacifica team in and uh, almost a bit suspicious of the, you know, why, why would we do this? Are we doing this to have more Pacifica players come and play for our teams? And yeah. nothing could be further from the truth, you know, and, and with World Rugby's involvement as well, this is all about strengthening those Pacifica nations and international rugby uh, as, as well as having competitive teams that grow the value of our competition. So we're just going to sit down like we always do and have grown-up conversations with players about their aspirations. We know lots of people, um, uh, particularly second, third, fourth-generation New Zealanders of Pacifica descent will absolutely want to still play for the All Blacks um, and, our, and our national teams, but others want to represent the home nations and... That's exciting. You know, in the end, we want strength in Southern Hemisphere rugby. We'd love to think in time that Fiji could join the rugby championship, for example, and get as many of these yeah. teams in our part of the world into the World Cup quarterfinal. So that's the intention behind it, mate. Awesome, awesome. Um, just a little bit of detail about uh, Fiji. I know the next coming days they're going to kind of give us some insight. Are they going to be based out of, out of Fiji? I know Moana Pacific are going to be in Auckland and they're mostly home games in New Zealand, but Fiji, are they going to be based in the NZ? Uh, Fiji, look, absolutely the plan A is to have Fiji playing in Fiji, right? Um, they might take the odd home game away from there, um, but they're going to be based in Suva and play games in Fiji. Um, next year, obviously, just a little bit of a challenge, country that's been ravaged by COVID, uh, really, really struggling, and we... We feel for all of the people there. So I think Fiji's going to make some announcements in the next few days, mate, about where they're going to base themselves in 2022, just trying to juggle all of those balls. Um, yep. and, and we'll support them in the competition wherever they're based from next year. Awesome. Chris, do you, do you have to um, contribute a couple of players to these franchises as well, like to be able to really strengthen them up? Or 
where it's very much you guys bring your own your own team and and see how you get on. Look for next year, the basis of it is bring your own team. Um, but I know already in New Zealand that our other clubs um, are, are working with Moana Pacifica, and there are discussions mm. about players going on, um, which is which is really great. I think our clubs know that the bottom line is their fans, whichever team they support, they want to see a competitive competition and they want teams performing well um, because, you know, close games bring the fans in, right? Um, and so there's a real desire from our clubs to see Moana Pacifica succeed and if they succeed, um, you know, there's sort of a reflected benefit for everybody. So it's been awesome to see that um, early days, obviously, and heaps of work for Moana Pacifica to pull their squad together um, in time to start the comp. Uh, but as, as they establish over the next couple of years, I think you'll see more and more of that um, collaboration. Well, thank you so much, Chris Lindrum, out of New Zealand Rugby, mate. We appreciate all that you do. We are going to unearth some absolute superstars from this. We know what Pacific Rugby brings to the current game that is rugby, and, um, mate, we appreciate all you're doing. It is a moving beast, and there are a lot of things with COVID that's changing and making it a lot challenging, but we appreciate all that you're doing, mate, and it's going to be an unbelievable competition. So thank you very much for joining us, Chris Lindrum. Uh, awesome to talk to you both. Have a great day, you guys. Yeah, cheers, Lindo. Good man, that was Chris Lindrum. Nice work there is. Well bossed, my friend. It is 7.53 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Oh, yes, you are. You are listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is two minutes away from the hour, 8 o'clock, and we'll go to Trudy just in a minute. But I just want to touch on Chris Lindrum and the challenges that he has faced with COVID and the awesome news coming out that Fiji, Drua and Moana Pacifica have been added to our Super Rugby Pacific competition. And what I got from that, Baz, is actually teams around New Zealand are wanting this team to be successful, and that is the key part to this success. Look, you look at Sunwolves when they entered the Super Rugby competition a while back, you know, and the absolute hidings that they got from from, from that competition. It, was probably, it probably wasn't a good look from the outside looking in, and we've got to expect that these teams are going to come in and they are going to, they are going to be uh, competitive, but they're probably not going to win as many games as people as hope, and then that might lose a lot of interest. But we've got to just give these teams time. They are a big part to why rugby is so successful, why rugby is a big beast, and we owe it to them, I, I feel, as a country, as a rugby nation. We owe it to these, to these island Pacific Island people. They, they provide so much in, in terms of talent to to make this beast uh, do what it does. So great, great news out of there um, from Chris Lindrum and some pretty tough questions we had to ask him about, you know, COVID, is it viable? Is there a contingency plan in place? He answered them as best as he can. So I was pretty, pretty happy with that. And um, I know you were too as well, mate. But here we go. We're coming up to 8 o'clock. And after the hour, we got Kieran Reid on the line, the skipper talking all things... Adi Salvia, so looking forward to that. But anyway, here's Trudy with the news. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building. The all new SNZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Kia ora and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. It's just after 8 a.m. in the morning on Tuesday, the 31st of August. It's been a good couple of hours already. Caught up with Luke Smith, who 
is a writer for Autosport and the New York Times. He chatted to us about the Formula One. Well, I guess you call it the Formula One. It was two laps in behind a safety car over there in the Belgian GP, yet points were still awarded. Well, I've never played a three-ball cricket match in my life, but I guess that's what they're doing in the F1 in this, this day and age. We spoke to Bruce Sharrick, who not just a player agent for rugby and rugby league players, but is also now the newly appointed Chief Operating Officer of NZTR. And he gave us a couple of fascinating insights into the challenges in and around not just vaccinations and sport and competitions, but also into the challenges around the racing industry. And then just just before, we caught up with Chris Lendrum, who was good friends with Izzy and had a lot to do with him. And he discussed the, the latest uh, Pacific Rugby Championship, which has been released and is going to include, of course, the Fijian Drawer and the Moana Pacifica uh, to go along with five New Zealand and five Australian uh, teams as well. And then coming up very soon is someone I'm looking forward to chatting to. And I know Izzy will also. And we're going to talk a lot about the leadership structures and the new all-black captain in Adi Savia. It's going to be Kieran Reid is going to join us on the line very soon. But a very good morning so far is. It's been good, isn't it? It's been great. It's been great. We've had some great conversations, some exciting news coming out overnight. Uh, Super Rugby Pacific and Fiji Drua and then Bruce Sharrick. Mate, he was unbelievable. His little insights into what goes on, the new age of athletes and the vaccinations and the new normal to be able to travel around the world. It is a touchy subject, but going forward, if we're going to make any inway in this competition or in the new world, Gotta have to welcome, uh, you know, vaccines his way forward. So looking forward to that, mate. And uh, we've got a few texts here, Baz. Morning, Baz. Izzy, watching the Paralympics really does make you appreciate how lucky we are. It's mind blowing what they are achieving. Us able people should be complaining about anything. They are all legends, <coughs> and New Zealand should be proud. What a great country! Happy days. Cheers, Kerry. Kerry. And uh, no, that's a great question because overnight, Baz, uh, great news with Sophie Pascoe. I know she was very disappointed, but getting bronze in the 100 metres uh, backstroke. And uh, look, we, we're so proud of our Paralympians. They are representing our country with pride and they do amazing things on the big stage. They sure are, mate. They sure are. There's another text here as well. Baz, Izzy, bet you can't wait for your McCafe tomorrow morning. Ain't that the truth, oh. eh? eh? Fizzing oh. for a McCafe tomorrow morning. Been a hammer blow not being able to get one, but that's such as life. But no, I am craving one of them. I'm sure you are too, my friend. There's another one here. Uh, well, this is to go back to the, the racing chat from earlier on, mate. Well, it's quite a long-winded one, should I say? Okay. I support you, Baz, but there's absolutely zero chance this lay, Labor government is going to allow racing during Level 4. You allow racing, then you've got to allow all the other industries to open. Then you defeat the whole purpose of a lockdown during a pandemic. Too many people moving around. I don't think it's the right mm. time to go cap in hand to Grant Robinson after the shenanigans those Aussie jockeys got up to over the weekend as well. Oh, that's quite good chat, actually. It's hard to argue with you there, actually. The timing's probably it's not hard. great. Bez, you're a golfer. You're a golfer. And there was a text yesterday about golf and why we can't play at level four, level three. So we haven't had any advice. And you know, Grant Robinson, he is our golf minister, our sport minister. So we've got to wait for him to make these decisions. He is a busy, busy man. Can't can't complain about that. But golf in level three is potentially you can only play in your bubble. And, well, I'm the only one that golfs in my bubble. And 
that doesn't really excite me going to play golf by myself. Imagine, have you played golf by yourself, mate? I couldn't. I tell Not you right for now, me, mate, couldn't you, do anything worse. Oh, mate, it was horrendous. You know how, like, you know, you're playing golf and you spray one right, you spray one real right, and you go out of bounds and you go, oh well, Mulligan, still first shot, first shot of the tee. <laughs> no one was here, so you just go around having fun. Look, I'm. I'm probably going to do it because it's going to get me out of the house for three hours, maybe four hours if I really walk slowly, um, which is, which in hindsight is probably not a bad thing, mate. So level three, golf, clear water, you'll, you know where I am, mate. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, Rito's picked up his phone. We know he's busy. He's got three kids at home. He has come back from a five-month fully paid holiday in Japan, so we've got to give him a break. Um, <laughs> but anyway... Well, with the big news coming out of Team All Blacks this week, that Artie Savier will be a captain for the next few weeks. We thought, why not get someone who knows what it takes to be the captain of the All Blacks? He's also part of the Wednesday Golf Group. So before we get started, Rito, the big question is from Dippy. You played one round with Dippy a couple of months ago, and then you've never come back. Was it something that Dippy said to you? Because the boys are missing you. Yeah, it's a tough one, mate, eh? I think uh, I'm looking forward to getting back out there 100%. I've been out with the, the 58 out in the backyard, mate, um, practicing those chips at the moment. So, um, no, nah, it won't be too far away. It's, it's the young fella, eh? I'll get him away to, to school next year and I'll, I'll be into it, mate. <laughs> nice, nice. Mate, how's, uh, how's lockdown going for you, brother? All good? Family? Oh, look, mate, it's all good, eh? You can't really complain. It's, it's, it's what you got to do and the family's been enjoying it. Mm. Um, kids certainly are. Um, been quite nice down here in Christchurch, as you know. So I've been able to get outside and, mate, just uh, you know, keep them busy really that way. So um, soon looking forward, I think, to getting them back to school. But you know, just been able to get through it so far. Awesome, mate. Great to hear. Hey, um, obviously, great news and big news coming out of the team All Blacks. Uh, Ardi Savia is the captain for the All Blacks. Was it? Do you reckon it was an easy choice in the end? Picking Ardi, you've spent a lot of time with Ardi. What does he bring to this? leadership group within the All Blacks? Yeah, look, I don't think it probably was a simple choice for Fozzie. Mm. I, I think it, you know, he obviously had a few options there, um, mm. you know, around some experienced players. But I think Artie's guy is going to, I think at the moment he's going to be the guy who's going to play 80 minutes out of the guys who are there, I think. Um, and so that's, I guess, who you want as, as your captain, someone who's going to be out there dominating the, the game. Um, right up to the end day, that's when the captain comes, you know, to the fore, I guess, in those last last few minutes of a test when it's tight. So um, that's exciting. I think what Artie brings, he'll just bring himself, really. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty laid-back character. You know, he's not going to be yelling and screaming and doing that, but what he will bring is a mm. pretty calm edge, you know, like um, won't get flustered in the big moments and, and will be able to, I think, make pretty good decisions when, when he needs to, so... Oh, it's pretty awesome for him, mate. I'm pretty stoked to, to see him get that. It's uh, yeah, amazing achievement. Mm. Hey, Rito, just just talk to us a little bit about how the actual leadership group, the framework of the All Blacks kind of work. Is it more of a coach-driven sort of environment or is it more of a sort of player-driven um, leadership group? Yeah, it's, um, I'm not sure what, what it'd be like under Fozzie. Um, you know, under Steve, it was kind of a collaboration, I guess. Like, so we would meet together, leaders and and the coaches, but then also as leaders, we'd meet as well. You know, outside of that, um, and then bring our ideas back to the coach. So, you know, it's, um, coach certainly has a lot of impact, I guess, throughout the week um, in rugby. 
Um, so you've got to be aligned, most importantly, around the messages you're giving, I think, in, in that. And then players have to be able to take over, don't they? Because other ones out there on the field on Saturday. So um, just getting that mix right, I think, is, is the key. Um, I'm sure Fozzie's probably got that with the likes of, you know, Artie there, and then you've got Bodie and, and Broads to kind of help him out um, with a bit of voice. So um, I'm sure it's going to work out pretty well. Yeah, so with those those three there, obviously we're going to miss Sam Whitelock and Aaron Smith and, and Richie Moanga, who um, has been talked about, are all three uh, strong leaders within that group as well. And obviously Sam Kane not there either. So there's a lot of leaders who are all going to have to step up into that, that position all at once. Would they have been blooded into that? Would there have been a, a, a system put in place to be able to give them opportunities prior to this big moment for them? Um, I think generally the leadership group has a number of guys in there, um, you know, who potentially some of them maybe aren't even playing. So there might be a few younger guys um, who have got that opportunity now to step up and, and lead through their voice. I think they've probably always been leading through their actions. And now maybe you take out a Sam Whitelock, Aaron Smith and, and Richie, you know, naturally there's going to have to be someone to pick up that slack of um of that leading, you know, throughout the week, which is probably the most important part, um, is ensuring that you get the week right in your preparation and maintaining enough composure and enough kind of um, strategy within the whole group that you can turn up on, when is it, next week, um, next weekend, Sunday, and, and do the job. So uh, I'm sure they've been given enough opportunities, but now it's about stepping up and stepping in and um, having Artie as leader. I think there's going to be no qualms and guys... Um, being able to put their hand up, you know, he's not going to be someone who's going to um, stop that. So that's going to be a positive. Oh, well, we're talking about 128 test all back. Kieran Reid, if you've got any questions, give us a text on double eight double three. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get a little insight to what you want to know from the man, uh, Kieran Reid. Rito, uh, I just want to ask you about this this all back side over the last couple of weeks. Um, what have you seen from them and what, what would you like to see over these next few months? Big tour coming up. Yeah, massive tour. Like I've been pretty impressed with them against Aussie. Eh? Like so, they were, um, you know, there's a lot of talk around what the All Blacks need to do. You know, they need to play this mm. outstanding game plan and win by 50 to get plaudits. You know, and it's you know it's not necessarily <laughs> that way. You know, how Test matches just don't work that way. So, um, look, I think they've been pretty pretty impressive. I think with uh, you know certainly at Richie at 10 has been awesome um, for the side in terms of driving them around. Um, you know, I can see us just getting better. I think we can really attack the Australian set piece, um, their, their line out especially, um, from what I saw in those games. And then I reckon if you look at our our backs, if we get a bit of hopefully a bit of dry track over an Aussie, we'll be able to actually unleash them a bit more than what we what we could in, in Auckland, you know. So um, you know, it's pretty pretty positive signs I, I feel. You mentioned Richie Moanga there before. We had Christian Cullen on the other day, so there's obviously a horse called Moanga, which is doing great things in Australia. <laughs> Christian Cullen, the standard breed, did great things all through Australasia. Have we ever had a horse called Kieran Reed or Rido? Have we ever had one of those? No, we haven't. We haven't. Um, no, nah, I'm still hanging on for that, eh, Bess? You had one, mate? <laughs> how would you it? Had one. You would have named how, Joe. Well, we could. Could <laughs> <laughs> no, there was one called... There was one... We're it getting one, brother. We're getting one. We're actually looking for some syndications, aren't wind. we, Bears? Are you, you keen? <laughs> oh, yeah, mate, we I'll take we love. take yen as well if you're interested. 
<laughs> Keep going, mate. He's got a big, big heart. <laughs> he wouldn't get beaten by a nose either, I don't reckon. Oh, no way, no. no. Hey, Reno, I know you're very passionate about your leadership, mate. How's that, how's that going for you? Um, you've got some big things in the pipeline, eh? Yeah, mate, it's awesome, actually. Yeah, so since I've been back, doing a bit of work around creating a little bit of a leadership kind of consulting program for myself. So, um you know, just really kind of easing my way into that, which is cool. And I'm, you know, creating a resource at the moment to use and um, a few conversations down the line. So no, it's, uh, it's exciting, mate. Um, obviously just enjoying the family time now, but yeah, looking looking to do a bit with that in the future. Nice. Mate, what is, um, oh, it's pretty hard to try and sum up in, in one sentence, I guess, but what are some of the key attributes you, you see in, in leadership and and some easy things which you can sort of cross over, not just sport, but into business and, and general life as well. Yeah, look, I think there's heaps of lessons you can take eh, from, you know, sport and what I've learned over into business or anything really. So, look, I reckon the important thing is around a leader is, is really understanding who you are is, is the biggest one. So, you know, it's a it's a pretty big process in doing that. Um, and then understand, I guess, how you want to lead. You know, like there's two two pillars there are pretty crucial and it will set you on the right path. So then basically the decisions you make um, based off of those core values and based off those, um, you know, really pillars of, of who you are will, will bring all your decisions with integrity and, and make it pretty easy for you. So I think those are, the, you know, pretty simple ones and, and but pretty key to get right. Um, and it will give you a better platform, I guess, to lead, I feel. So, yeah. Do you, do you spend much time being able to bounce around other leaders within not just in rugby but the other walks of life or other sports people? Um, it was weird, eh? Like I would have loved to, I think. Um, you know, when I was playing and, and stuff, and but didn't really get the opportunity. Um, and have, have done a little bit. You know, you bump into guys and, and, you, and you yarn and stuff. But yeah, it's um, it's exciting to pick up different things from from different sports, and um, it'd be something I'd be keen to, you know explore you know is not just be stuck in rugby or whatever it's um um pick up pick brains of of different areas you know in olympic sports or or cricket or whatever yeah hey mate you've you've just dabbled into a bit of tv a bit of broadcasting media you're in the media now mate how you found that <laughs> oh mate it's been good eh? you know like just uh you know jumping on your coattails daggy and um just just learning off the best you know so um it's it's been cool. I actually really enjoyed it. It's uh you know it's something that's a bit different for myself and um you know obviously from what I've been doing. So uh but it's it's fun actually and so it's something I probably will keep a you know a little bit of fingers in and and try and do a little bit more of. Nice, nice, mate. Hey, before you go, there's been a lot of hostility between the All Blacks and Australia. How do you think this Sunday's going to go? Be a bit of fireworks because you played that game actually in Perth the last time they played and. Actually, they tipped the boys up. It's a pretty tough game over there. <laughs> yeah, it was more than a tip-up, I think. You know, it was a bit of a hiding. Um, <laughs> they, uh, 
you know, I think we just got stuck in it. It was Perth. It was, oh, yeah, this is beautiful. Have a nice week. And then uh, turn up for the game and go pretty pumped. But, um, no, it was, it was a difficult one. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was a mental issue for us that day. And I don't think perhaps the All Blacks this time around will have that issue around not turning up, expecting what's going to happen. So, um, especially with the way the talk's been coming out, I'm just not sure. You know, I think the Aussies, it, for me, looking in or looking from the outside, I just don't see why they have to start talking. It just makes it worse for themselves, yeah. I think, because yeah. the All Blacks already have a little bit of hate for the Aussies and if, yeah. or enough, but if they don't talk, you don't kind of build it up. Whereas if they start talking, yeah. suddenly in the All Black camp, they're going to be talking about it. Oh, you know, these guys are saying this, whatever. So it just adds a bit of fuel that they just don't need to do. And I think when that happens, the All Blacks tend to come out and play pretty well. So uh, I think yeah. they'll go pretty good. Right. That's what I spoke about on the air when Andrew Calloway, the silly kid, came out and said that. I said, the boys will be putting that on their walls. We'll be getting right into mm-hmm. it. And I heard that Brody Retallick actually gave him a little one in a ruck one time in that game. So anyway, that's, that's yeah. Regazza, oh, don't nice. say it. A silent team is better than a talking <laughs> team. We know that, Rito. So, we know um, that, nah, yeah, mate, Thank um, you so much. Sorry, mate. You go. No, that's the thing. I think it's... Uh, but what is probably the most exciting bit about these guys being away is when they play South Africa in a month's time, whatever, that's going to be the test, I think. So looking forward to that. Mm. Awesome, mate. Awesome, mate. Hey, thanks so much for your insights today on, on the Bears and Izzy. Thanks, Rito. Show, mate. We really appreciate your time. Cheers, guys. Uh, and all the best. We'll catch up on Wednesday golf soon, eh, my mate? Yeah, mate. All do. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> awesome. Good man. Kieran Reid, former All Black skipper and veteran, and he's it's pretty cool to know he's dipping his toe in the old leadership um, business stuff, and he'd be a fascinating man to get around a lot of businesses around New Zealand because I guess carrying the burden of being All Black captain for a long time and, and being involved in that high-pressure environment for a long time, he can only but have some amazing uh, lessons there, and, and it's great to see he's been involved in that and also jumping in the media too. Good to hear that his voice and, and get his, his opinions as well as. 100%. I know before, before we go to a, a quick wee break, I just want to pick up on one thing he said in that. His his key point was understanding who you are. You know what I mean? Like you could get, you know, you can get trapped in trying to be like this other leader. Like he could have got trapped in trying to be like Richie McCaw. But what I loved about him is he came in and he made his own mark. He stamped his own mark on the All Blacks. He brought his own way of our leading that team, and it was totally different to, to Kieran Reid, so, ah, to Richie McCaw, I must say, so understanding who you are and how you want to be. That was huge, huge little comments from Rito, and I, I loved it. Good stuff. Is This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ, 8.22 in the morning. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Double eight double three is the text number, so get in touch if you've got anything to say. There's a great one there about Joshua. We might get to a bit later. That could be it. That is definitely a nomination for text of the week and of the month with Temper. We could win a ten thousand dollar Temper bed for text of the month. We'll announce that on Friday. But it's time for a TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paul Mawate is here, and he would have taken a deep breath at what about the two hundred when Antipodes loomed up, Baz. <laughs> oh, it made me sick, but it w- would have made you pretty happy, wouldn't it, Paul Moate? Fourth, well, bonus well, bets no. though, but fourth, 
Yeah, I, I just keep handing these bonus bits out. And you, there's, you're, you're a good can, man, can you get mate. one you're to get a little? <laughs> oh, speaking of bonus back, we, we've got another bonus back promotion today. I hope you don't have a tip here. It's at I the do. Ballarat Synthetic Track. Uh, races one and two. Yeah. Place a fixed odds we win do. bet. Uh, and if your runner finishes second, third or fourth, We'll give you your money back up to thirty dollars as a bonus bet. So yeah, races one and two at Ballarat today. First race starts three o'clock our time. We've also got a tennis multi buster. Of course, the US Open is underway. Just place a four or more league tennis multi and get a refund up to fifty dollars as a bonus bet if your bet misses by one leg. Uh, head to the uh, tab.co.nz website uh, and go to the punters lounge for all the T's and C's. For those uh, promotions there. Good man, thank you, Pauline Moati. I don't have a tip at the Ballarat Synthetic. Unfortunately, I've got one just down in New South Wales. At Mor- how do you say it? Moray, Moruya, Moruya. Yeah, every time, every time you look at it, you think, oh yeah, you, you should probably say it that way, and then then your mind starts playing tricks with you. Yeah. Well, we'll play it. Well, I'm going to read that one out a little bit later on. But thank you very much, Paulie Moate. Appreciate your time again. That's TAB promotions Ciao, in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. It is coming up 8:30 in the morning here on Baznizzi for breakfast on SNZ. Means here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 9am on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Lads, oh, I'm right on the verge here. Joe's left the building without a swipe card. He's gone missing on us. Kieran's looked up and gone, where's Joe? I've gone, where's Joe? No one's turned my mic on. And he's just turned back into the building, just like smiling like nothing's happened. Joe, what's happened, mate? What happened? I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't smiling. I, I'm very ashamed. I, I forgot my. You're laughing, I, mate. I'm not. I'm not. I, I forgot my password the the third time today. Uh, it hasn't been a good day. And I, I was out my phone, so I was just standing outside, screaming at the door for ten minutes, hoping that you somehow hear me, even though you're in a, a soundproof booth. I was so angry. We need a bears as crowbar. Oh my days. Anyways, boys. Sorry about that. It's all right, Joe. Glad to have you back, man. I was worried. I was thinking, what's happened? Someone walked into the studio and abducted Joe. Anyway, some sports news. The tennis is going on, and it's an absolute cracker on day one at uh, Flushing Meadows. We've got Andy Murray and uh, Tsitsipas, the third seed, going head-to-head. Andy Murray won the first set 6-2. They are tied. They are locked up at six games apiece in the second. They're into a tie-break. This could be a real classic. You don't usually get games like this in the first round of the US Open. But speaking of the US Open, Novak Djokovic is, well, he is right on the precipice here, lads. If the 34-year-old Serb can add the US Open, which starts obviously today, he will be the first man since Rod Laver in 1969 to complete a clean sweep of the Grand Slam singles titles. It would be the greatest achievement of his career, and what they're saying is arguably the greatest achievement of the history of men's tennis, of how competitive it is these days. So he essentially would have just run the slate. Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, US Open, it doesn't happen anymore because it's so hard 
Bears as an achievement, that would stack right up there. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's remarkable. It's actually a remarkable time to be a tennis fan as well with such amazing players and Djokovic and, and Federer and, and Nadal all operating in the same the same space. But, yeah, if he's able to go on to achieve it, then oh, he's got to rank up there as, as one of the all-time great performances, I would have thought. Is he you much of a tennis fan? Uh, I love, yeah, I, I, look, I'm not a, you know, I'm not clued up as, as probably other people out there, but I love tennis. Um, I love playing the game. It's a really enjoyable game. Uh, look, and, and you think, you you read off a couple of names, like Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, um, you know, those are the first two that come, Leighton Hewitt, you know, like there's so many absolute champions of the sport that have to go down as Hall of Famers. And then this guy, Tsitsipas, how do you say his name? I can't say, how do you say his name, Louis? Uh, Sitsipas. Sitsipas, Sitsipas. He's coming in and he might do the the clean sweep, which hasn't been done since Rod Laver in 69, mate. That's unbelievable. So I, I enjoy tennis bears. It's a great watch. Never been to an Open, though. Have you been to a Melbourne Open? Nah, nah, I haven't. Nah, we were always too busy around cricket and racing around that time, so I don't need another vice. Crikey. I do love tennis, though. I actually, yeah. tennis is a game I love to play. Um I'm probably a little vertically challenged to, to really be any good at it because I think, you know, well, I've got to hit the ball up to get it over the net rather than those tall fellas get to hit it down. But you'd have a big serve and volley game, wouldn't you? Oh, you fit me out straight away, mate. I That's what my number one line is when I play players. I say, mate, if that first serve goes, oh, good luck. You won't even see it. It is going <laughs> down at 180 miles an hour, I'll tell you. That first serve, but then after that, you know, like when when you're playing rallies and you're just mucking around, how good are you? Like yeah, you're, you're smashing it, your backhand's on fire, <laughs> and then you go play a game, bro. You go play a game and you're like, oh, you know, you're just tapping it over the net. You're too scared to give it the old forehand or the backhand spinner. You're just trying to get it in this inside the boundaries, mate. That's the thing. I, I just struggle to transition you're Bruce, you're, from rallies. Your Bruce Lee would game. be no good either, would it? Hey, eh? old Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah, you dodgy knee. That'd be no good. Oh, now, yeah, now, yeah, now, now it's no good. Now it's no good at the moment. So, yeah, carrying an extra ten kilos ain't good for the knees too. So, ah, uh, we're, we're, you know, was that your Bruce? Was that your Bruce, was that your Bruce Lee? Is he? Oh, let's hey. get off to a break. It's eight thirty-seven in the morning. Fantasy <laughs> for breakfast on SNZ. We'll be back soon. We've got a little bit to go. Then we got the doyen later on. So thank you for your time all throughout the morning. After us, it's Ian Smith, then Mark Stafford. Any stage, get in touch on the Kennards Higher Phone Line 0800 150 before Beave and Kirst and then Ricardo, of course. But we're still here. We've got a wee bit to debrief from that last break there, Bess. Oh, how good is this? Hey, Bruce Lee, you dickhead. I just about choked on my coffee. Cheers, bro. Grant from Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) It's got me thinking. It's got me thinking. You know, like, when I said Bruce Lee, I meant, you know, your knee. And, of course, there's a few other ones, like your Gary Jack means you got a bit of a sore back. You know, what else is out there? Tell us. Double eight, double three. What about the old up and under when you've had a few sherbets? Eh? Held up and under us, you know what that one is? What about this one? I've just thought about this one. Gary Stead saw head. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Stead saw head. Do you know what the up and under oh. is? Is Gary Owen. Is that? 
No, the upper. No, yeah, no, no. Do you know what the upper and under is after a few sherbets? Nah. Nah, what is that? It's a chanda. Up and under. The old chanda. Anyway, a double eight, double three. Give us some more. Give us some more of those. I don't even know how to what that what what you call them. What are, what are they called? Are they? I don't even know what they are. But Bruce Lee, Gary I've Owen. Never, wait, honestly, under, I've never Gary heard Jack. Bruce Lee. I've never heard Bruce Lee draw knee. So I was like, Bruce Lee. All I could think about was the movie. So I got all kung fu on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've lost you the plot. Okay, we got 15 fu. minutes Can left. You, Can you give us that? Give us that little, what that whatever that was again. Uh, I can't. I, I can't, mate. You're, le- oh, you're leaving next week. <laughs> you're leaving next week, mate. Are you sure you want to leave this? Because <laughs> we could get all rogue on it. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, Grant from Melbourne. Cheers, bro. Hey, mm. Bruce Lee, you dickhead! I just choked on my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, double eight, oh, double three. Oh. Let us know some more of those. I don't even know what they're called, but we're going to run with it. What do we got? It's eight forty-four yeah. in the morning. What are we? We're going to have to come up with something for Smitty as well. I think we've got many different routes we can go there. But we got the Doyen coming up. How good's that going to be? He's in a good mood this week too. I reckon Smitty. Good yeah. mood. Yeah, he must. Must had a good punt or you know, must had a good week. <laughs> oh, here we go. We've got a couple coming in. We've got a couple coming. We've got a couple coming. I was in a bit of a Barney rubble after I locked the door on Bez. <laughs> oh, T Walt, that's Tana. Tana Walters, <laughs> of course, our good oil our good oil host alongside Clado. There you go, T Walt. You were in a bit of Barney rubble, a bit of trouble. Stanley Ash working for cash. <laughs> oh, that, we like that, that one. one. That's great. You like working That's with the great. old Stanley Ash. I, lo- I love the Barney Rubble. I use that often. Oh, here we Cockney go. Cockney Rhyme and Slam. That's what it is. That's what I, that was what I was trying to come up with, the Cockney Rhyme and Slam. Crikey, this could get us Cockney in a lot rhyme. of trouble. The up and under is when Izzy in the bushes after a few beers making his Bruce Lee noises <laughs> from Chris. <laughs> Oh, we're losing shape. Hey, we lose a lot of shape. Do you know something I don't know, Chrissy? Because <laughs> it's eight forty-six in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Coming up next, we've got our temper sleep on it with the Doyen, the voice of sport in New Zealand, and Smith. You don't want to miss that. Yes, days are dawning. It is Baz and Izzy, and we are nine minutes away from where we would usually hand over to the Doy and Smithy for sleep on it with temper. But we'll try to get to Smithy before the end of the show, but we might not, just depending on how those uh, little gremlins that seem to hide in our all of our cables and our wires work out. But that's all right, because the text machine's been loving your cockney rhyming slang, Baz. Yeah, it has. Grant Elliott loves it. Grant Elliott. Cockney rhyming, lads. Apples and pears equals stairs. Box of toys equals noise. Not bad from you, Grunter. We're Hank Marvin for some... <laughs> Hank Marvin for some good tips, fellas. Yeah, for those that don't know, that would be starving. Well, I'll give you a tip. I told you I'll give you a tip, and I will give you a tip. At Moruya. Moruya? Whatever it is. Okay, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, Moruya. Let's roll that. Race. Here we go. Maruya. What is it, brother? It, I know it's in New South Wales. Race four, number two, Riverstock. Drawn the five. It's a six-year-old Tavistock mare who is, well, she's obviously New Zealand bred. She's stepping back in grade. Doesn't mind it wet. It's currently a soft seven. 
there. Drawn a good barrier. Should race on the speed, or at least in the first few pairs anyway. And very much an in-form jockey. $4.20 at the moment. So mm. that's, again, just a little steer from our, our Lion Tamer fan, our friend. Bears. More. Bears. Yes. Yes. When you go, you like when his? you go, I... I I need I need these tips daily because this is a big, big part of the show. People are living and they are staying to the end for these tips. So I need a tip every day. Or I can message the Lion Tamer and get those tips from him on, on the Twitter or you're going to send them daily because I feel like it's a big part of the show, mate. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No pressure then, no. No problems. <laughs> hopefully Riverstock hopefully Riverstock gets up today and we get the lollies. Brody Loy is in the saddle carrying fifty seven and a half kilos. Look, let's see, but I, I think back in grade, well down in grade for that track anyway, then we're a good chance. Four dollars twenty is good money. So get up Riverstock. Here's another one. Good ones for beers. The Denzel Frothingtons. <laughs> the, what's that? Joe Frothing Frothing Gow. Don't know. Nelson Mandela for Stella. A couple of elephant ears yeah. for beers. That's good. Cockney yeah. rhyming. Yeah. I like that Denzel Frothington. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> the Denzel Frothingtons. Well, there you go. I'll I've send got, us some more in you as heard well. Of the, we can talk through them. Have you heard of the Roger Fit? Oh, I'm so Roger Fit. I'm Roger Fit up. Is that Cockney rhyming slam or, you just, or have you just made that one up? Give me something, man. It's not bad. I'm Roger Fed. I'm fed up with you. <laughs> oh, I oh, wish Smithy. you all the very best. Smithy. <laughs> oh, Smitty no, can't no, hear no. us. He can hear us. He can't talk to us, I don't think. Maybe that mic button on your screen, Smithy. I did it yesterday. I turned it off and uh, uh, it nearly ruined the show. So there's a little button on your screen, Smithy. Is you push that one? Okay. Is he old time? Press it. There we go. <laughs> we got ya. Look, this is totally out of my control. This is uh, absolutely. I'm just sitting here, just listening, and and you, you guys come and you go. I mean, and it's fr very frustrating because the content of your show. I mean, you just shouldn't be missing it. So. It, it's very frustrating, <laughs> but I, I'll just take it that we're back up now and, and uh, rearing to go. Smitty, right. you, you love a bit of Cockney slang, though, wouldn't you, back in the day? What about having old David Gow have a shower? You'd be into have a shower. Cockney slang. Yeah, yeah have it, and then uh, head down the frog and toad to the rubbery dub, have a couple of foresights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, comb your friend a stare. You read your Scotty Draper. <laughs> yeah, that is a gold. Oh. Right. Has you been asked the Doyen a question oh. before he, he gets sick of our yeah, oh. sort of laughter? Smithy, there's been a lot of chat today and lately about the vaccinations and uh, with athletes. But we want to ask you, should leagues and tournaments be able to ban unvaccinated athletes and fans? So we want to ask you that that little question. To yeah, very good one, actually. And uh, as we speak, yeah, as we as we speak, Tsitsipas is playing Murray, and I think it's one set all uh, over there. And, of course, uh, Tsitsipas, uh, the Greek, is one of the reasons why it's become an issue. 
Uh, and I think a lot of mm. people are sentimentally cheering for Andy Murray in this match, uh, not because he's on the, the comeback trail and he's been very popular over the years, um, but uh, I think there's a lot of people on, on the moral side of things that uh, want the Greek guy out of it, out of Dodge, so to speak. Yeah, mm. interesting. Have you had your vaccination, Smitty? Yes, I've had uh, level one. Uh, those of us uh, well over the age of 60 have been uh, invited down to the local race course Baz been to the race course for the first time without having a bet. That was good, eh? I just got a couple of jabs. I've <laughs> <laughs> oh, left the race course thinking I've been jabbed a few times, but certainly not for that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got on your show today, mate? Oh, right. Show, yeah, busy. Uh, Glenn Phillips, we're going to try for version number two of Glenn Phillips. He went missing on the beach in St. Kitts yesterday, so uh, finally we've got him back, hopefully. Uh, Phil Tautarangi. Uh, of course, it's uh, our Tuesday morning with Phil. Uh, a lot of happenings in golf, actually. Really, really interesting yesterday, the culmination oh, yeah. of the BMW tournament. Uh, so Michael Jones, uh, we uh, are having a call with him just after 10, of course. Moana Pacifica, Izzy, is up and running, but just how far in advance are they? Um, you know, what kind mm. of players do they have lined up? So, uh, And then Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper plays centre for the Manly Seagulls. He's a Kiwi boy out of Narawahia. So uh, there we go. Uh, Sam Ackerman is on the panel. Louis Herman Watt, uh, you might have heard of him. A lot of people don't want to. Brendan Popwell and Courtney Duncan. <laughs> Courtney, uh, Courtney Duncan, who is a motocross world champion, currently defending her title. So we have a huge Tuesday, and Tuesday's normally a pretty tough work, but uh, ours is going to flow because we've got so much great content, fellas. Awesome. Hey, can awesome. you give us a little hey, steer into uh, your sermon as well? Yeah, what do you got? Um, sermon is, um, yeah, it is actually. There's uh, some uh, been some classic encounters uh, over the last, uh, you know, classic contests over the last um, little while, you know. Uh, but I've got one um, that I witnessed, which I'll seldom probably uh, it'll take me uh, quite a long time to get over. Baz, the outcome was amazing. Okay. So yeah, that's part of the sermon. Beautiful, we do. I, I know Izzy does as well, but I certainly enjoy listening after we jump off and listening to, especially the start of your show before we get to get off and do the rest of our duties for the day. But that sermon is a real highlight. So mm. all the best, mate. Have a uh, have a great call today and look forward to listening to you. Cheers, Smithy. Now's sort of the normal time where, where I'd sort of try and take us out. But with me about to head over to the UAE, it's time for Izzy to oh. step up. Into the leadership role and skipper us on the way home. So you bring it home, my oh. friend. Well, here we go. Here we go. Well, it's the last minute. It's been an absolute pleasure to be able to lead you a wee bit today. And my good friend Bears, I've already spoke about it. He is leaving next week. So Smithy, it's me and you for ten minutes at the end. I absolutely can't <laughs> wait for that, mate. Me and you are tight, fellow Hawks Bay lad. We go back a long way, me and you, Smithy. You be nice, mate. You be nice. I won't poke the bear. I won't poke the bear. But no, it's been a great show. I've really enjoyed it. Luke Smith talking all things Formula One. Kieran Reid chatting the All Blacks. Uh, we've had Bruce Sharrick chatting about the vaccinations within uh, the athletes of today and also talking NZTR and the future it holds for racing. So it's been an unbelievable show. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks to our team. Trudy, Joe for disappearing for five minutes. Louie. Kieran, we love your work. And, well, we'll be back same time tomorrow, 6 a.m. for the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Here's Trudy with the news. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.